Welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Review Show. We had plenty of drinking time after the defeat last week, following that early kickoff. But this week we've been robbed of drinking time, but the result hasn't changed. Um, which means there's even less positives, I suppose, this week. But I've grabbed myself a run for this evening show, and I'm joined by two regular faces. I can't say the pretty ones, but, you know, we are where we're at. Um, Ross, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Just straighted us out again. Um, should have watched Gladiators, shouldn't I? I've been really excited for Gladiators, and I realised at the start of the week, I was like, oh, bloody clashes. So I thought, I'll record Gladiators and watch the match. What a mistake that was. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not even frustrated, if I'm honest. Like, I think if people are expecting a, a big ranty pod, maybe at some point, but I'm just... It's apathetic for me at the minute, to be honest. But... um. Dave, uh, I think you might be angry man today. Uh, don't swear, don't say fuck or bugger. Um, but how are you doing? Are you all right? You can have the run from me then. Um, I won't say fuck or bugger. Oh, I did. Um, uh, <laughs> however, I will say shit. Just not necessarily the performance, but... Oh, Ipswich are doing well this season. Fair comment. Do I think we should be going away from home? And and listen, Dodds, Dodds took plaudits for it when we played Leeds and we sat off and we, we managed to pick them off and everyone was talking about being a tactical genius. I miss the days of like trying to go and win the game from the first five minutes and getting in people's faces and having a bit of exciting football. This horribly feels like Parkinson all over again. And oh, man, I know. the only thing the only thing that's getting me through it at the minute is we're seven points from twelve under Bale. So in that respect, I can't give him too many pelters. However, I did see it wouldn't surprise me if the bloke lasts less than a month, two months. And I can see it happening. I can see it happening from an absolute mile off. And I hate myself for thinking it. But, he, I mean, he's already taught. He's doing what Mowbray did. Listen, you can say that Mowbray was, it was the right time to go. And I understand what people are saying. But Tony Mowbray was asking for a centre forward. And Bale's doing the same now, and we're searching high and low. He's maybe he's wording it differently. Well, he's like one one of them scored in his last league game. Look, I'm not going to rant about it. He dropped the fucker game later. <laughs> like, um, so like to be honest, I, 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 we're going to be getting sweary here. But you can suck a fuck as far as I'm concerned. If he wants a striker, <laughs> once you scored and he's decided not played. But um, look, if people think there's going to be a a ranted Beal and stuff like that. We're going to go deep. And look, there's a couple of us that are not fans of Beal, but I promise you we've been chatting in the WhatsApp group already. I think there's going to be a bit more balance than maybe you either want or expect. I don't know, but um, we'll get on to Beal in a minute. Um, I'll tell you how I've wrote that question, Ross, uh, that's coming up, or how I've written, written the question, sorry. A very boring, apathetic 2-1 defeat to an Ipswich side, missing their captain and a centre-forward and without a win in five. Um... And for me, we like Dave said before, we set up to pass sideways and backwards. But I suppose it it started well enough, I guess, with a goal and two shots on target and whatnot. And it's not like we were horrendous. Like I've certainly seen us play much worse than that. But why does a two-one defeat to a side second in the league, who's been on a really good run of form? Why does it feel like that result makes me feel like the season's just slipping into nout? Because all the evidence states that it's not. But that's how I feel. Because I think we've seen that away performance under three different managers now with the exact same result. Which it comes to a point now where we've got to look at the players. That was my point in the chat where obviously you mentioned it's mixed. Yep, I feel like the, it's not good enough today. Uh, I'm not a Beal in fan. I said at the time, I think he's a wrong appointment, and I don't think I, I think it could possibly go really wrong if we lose on Friday night at Holton Hull. I think the fans will turn not just on him but the club live on TV. But the away form this year and that type of result, that type of defending, the missed chance 
with how many how many times have we missed massive chances this season, and then they've had, the opposition have had one chance and they've buried it, and that's a difference. We're too we're too naive. Again, we've spoke about the experience needed in the team, but oh sheesh, like Pritchard's rightly going off it on the touchline with him. We've speaking to Beal mentioning it when he gets subbed, and he's pointed out. You can see it a mile off what he's pointing out because it's so inexperienced. Like I, I just, he's Beal's going to get pelted because he, afterwards he's basically he's threw Oshish under the bus. Which well, whether's right you know or wrong. What? He did that at Rangers though all the time as well. And I don't like that either. Because at the end of the day, right? And I'm gonna also a few people came out today and said about uh sorry this week, sorry, this weekend particularly, and said about Mowbray, how he said about like he wasn't really in charge of recruitment and stuff like that. Look, the same as Alex Neal, who I defended, fair enough. The same as Tony Mowbray, these guys know what their remit is. Whether we like the model or not, whether they like the model or not, that's the one they're signing up for. We can discuss it. We pay our money. We can have our opinions. We pay our money. We are the fans. We are exactly what the football club's about. The manager can't complain about it because he knows what it's about. And he said when he came in, oh, everything's aligned. Do you know what I mean? And like, he he cannot then turn around and like throw players under the bus that are kids he's trying to teach. Like, if you're not good enough, Michael, and you kind of direct them properly, whether they're young and naive, that's just tough. Like you, but you, you, you cannot be throwing players under the bus. Like it's something you do internally, really, isn't it? Sorry, something you do internally. I, I don't think Mulberry ever did it. No, no, but I, I just feel like I think he maybe I don't think Mulberry really did great in the press speaking about players at times, but he didn't do it. And like today, that to me feels like feel switched due to pressure from obviously players' frustration, like Pritchard. And if he's going to switch like that, it doesn't bode well for the start. But back to the original point again, we're going round in circles here. It's a, it's an error, it's a mischance, it's a, it's shit defending. It's, it's the same stuff. So it does come to a point where we say, right, well, these players just aren't good enough to get us to that next level. So can can we just can we just add in there for a little bit of balance? You you said Ross at the beginning of it that. There's three managers we've seen that away performance from. Can I just point out that last season under Mowbray, we were better away from home than we were at home. And to be fair, you've probably hit the nail on the head. People hate us for saying it. But in terms of experience, like 9 probably wasn't our mainstay centre-half last year. He was the one who was alongside the mainstay centre-half. And what did he have in abundance? For me, the Danny Bart thing... It's just biting you in the arse. In games like that, the deer, it's biting you in the arse. Even and, even well, Gucci though, like someone who understands the club, like and and for me, I know a few people have questioned the effort of the players, and even added a few weeks back, and I sat and watched that today a bit, and I thought, are they putting a lack of effort in? I think they are young boys that are a bit terrified of what's happening because it's the first time on this kind of like nice carpet ride we've had for a bit that's kind of levitated. And began to take off where it's been a bit shit and the pressure got a little bit. And I don't think I think it's probably unfair to say the players are hiding. I think it's it's a difficult place to be sometimes. Any football club, especially a big football club, when things are going a bit wrong. And that's where I think the lack of direction comes from right at the top of these shoving up like the likes of Lyndon Gooch and Danny Bart and like Pritchard almost went there. Some all these players that are going. These kids have got no one to learn off. It's effectively like Chuck and me, right? Like my job, I think people know, work in journalism, been in there for three years. If you chucked me into my job as a journalist in the first three weeks and went, ah, oh, you've got like loads of other young lads around you just starting this week, just crack on. I'd be like, well, I'd probably make a spelling mistake. <laughs> or so, I, I don't know if it's a good analogy, I could, but I think you can apply it to, to any job. Like if you just chuck inexperienced people who haven't really done it before with no experience around them, there's going to get to a point after at least 18 months or like a year where you go, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're going to crack a bit. Um, and I think it's starting to show a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ashish. Jeez. Um, I do I do want to speak to you about that one, uh, Dave. I've just criticised Michael Beale for throwing uh, Ashish under the bus and, and giving reasons as to why, right? So let me clarify this before I ask you if Adil Ashish had possibly the worst cameo we've ever seen, or at least this season anyway. 
Um, we're fans. We're allowed to have opinions on it. We don't make the decisions at the top of the club. Um, we just pay our money and sort of want the team to do well um, and call a spade a spade. But what the hell do you think, man? Like, Dave, what do you think? And he's played 70 odd games in Liga 1. Him, like, he should know a bit better than that. Yeah, yeah, you'd hope so. Oh, that That is where, and, and you mentioned it earlier about being apathetic. I, I just feel apathy towards it because it's just like, oh, any, anyone in that stadium can see and oh yeah it, it's just it's just minging it's just horrible and I suppose all you can do is I'm never going to let him off he's got got to hold his hands up but he's a young player learning his trade and you just hope that the next time that situation arises that he's learned from it and he has horrible flashbacks and never does it again but yeah, it's it sums up the feeling around at the minute, I suppose. When when things are going your way, you're just on a bit of a crest of a wave, aren't you? And and when things aren't going your way, then yeah, it just it turns out horrifically. Just I, I think we've already made the point, but I think things like that and him doing stuff like that is the total lack of experience around him and saying, "Don't do out stupid." These kids have got no one around them. They've been thrown at the wolves a bit. Um, and it's going to affect confidence. A, a player needs to learn. A player of 21, 22, 23 even is never going to be perfect. And I think we're kind of all okay with that. But, like, give them a chance sometimes. <laughs> that said, Ashish, come on. What are you thinking about? Don't foul there, you idiot. <laughs> but, like, okay. Um, I wanted to throw this one at, at you, Ross, because in the group chat, just to give clarity, like you and Brad kind of feel like the result wasn't massively um, on Beal today and, and it was a lot about individual errors. Um, on the flip side, you were also the one person that agreed with me after the Millwall game and I don't want to be revisionist because me and you after the Millwall game said, ah, maybe it's time to move on from Tony Mowbray because of X, Y and Z. We did. I stand by me saying that. I think if you the second question after like it's a time for Tony Mowbray to move on was does Michael Beale come in and replace him? I think I might give you a very different answer. I felt it was at the time a very brave decision from um Kirill to disperse of Tony Mowbray because I thought he's gonna try and get an, a manager that'll push us on to the next level and Tony Mowbray is gonna be remembered as the man that pushed us in the next part of the story. And then when he made the appointment he did. I didn't see the thinking behind it. We've discussed that to death. But um, you're you're not like me and Dave. Like you've got a bit more patience, I think, with Beal. I, I don't, if I'm honest with you. Um, and if people want to think that's too quick, okay, that's fine. But um, I'm going to leave my opinion at that and ask you this question. I do feel like when Tony Mowbray went, there was an understanding behind why it happened. Then we beat uh, West Brom, and then we beat. Leeds, and then we got beat off Bristol City, but a few days before, I think a day beforehand, we knew Beal was coming in. And since that moment, I think unless you're completely blind to what's going on within the football club, it feels like for whatever reason, there's been a bit of a rot that sort of gradually came in. Even the, the wins, obviously, would be um, Preston, comfortable performance. We had a good win at Hull as well. But it's felt like there's a bit of a rot set in a little bit. We're looking at he's had seven games, I think. He's won no six, sorry. He's he's won two of five league games and then he's lost the derby against look a more superior team in terms of the quality they have on the paper. How do you judge his opening a few weeks for us? Because, you know, I, I I'm not surprised at any of it myself, but I think you might have a bit more of a balanced thought and opinion on it. Um a mixed bag, really. Uh, Coventry, horrific. But again, a player misses a chance. Goals change game, a massive chance. Abdullah Bar missed that. one little change game. Then the wheels come off. Games after that, obviously the whole game. Was the Hull straight after that? It was, yeah. Hull, a good away performance. Where I thought we did really well. Um, Rotherham, Honkin. Absolutely honk and we did the review show off for that and we were like, boy, that was rough to watch. Preston, I thought we were really good. You know what I mean? He made the changes, the tactical changes that caught Preston out for me. 
And then today, I think we did okay to a point. And again, it, it, we were missing huge chances. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't, I don't think we're getting much better though. If any, I don't think we are getting better. I think we're just plodding along the same. And that's the frustration, isn't it? That we got rid of Mowbray, who was a popular manager for a reason, and that was to push on to the next level because we could have done this under Mowbray. We could have, we could have basically like limb walked a challenge, which is where we're at now. So to me, it doesn't feel much different, but that's why I think we need we're, the, the part of our team, we need out and out number nine. That's clear as day to everybody in the club. Surely, because it it is to the forty odd thousand people who watch us every week. There's what there's one then, Kiefer Moore, and we're farting about trying to get him on loan. It seems that way. Just, um, just fucking sign him. Just get him. We're, we're, right. we're sitting waiting to to see if because Bournemouth want to sell him, and we're just going to sit and wait to see if we can come on loan. Yep, it seems that way. Um, and then a centre midfielder. We needed one in the, in the summer, man. Fuck's sake, we were bleating on about it, and they even went for one in the summer, and they just didn't get over the line. The lad from Turkey. Yeah, we've got, yeah, you've got you've got Baptiste at Brentford, twenty five years old, sitting there, not really playing many games. Available, there you go. Your scouting's done. There's your midfielder. Yeah, supposedly he's available on loan. It was put on the London press. I seen that. The likes um, of Ryan Giles is not getting in the team. We could do with a fullback because the injuries we've got. You've got two two options there. Two people you can think of bringing in if you're going to go for a loan move. Look, Ryan Giles is ambitious, but we need a fullback. Be ambitious. And if you if you wanted to play a fullback, like Borov went and signed Luke Allen. I think that's a good signing. I think he's Luke a decent Allen, championship. Luke Allen. Who the fuck but is again, Luke Allen? Again, though, it just shows that I think the only way this team improves is if we're getting experience in now to help these young lads. We've all been for the model, but it's got you've got to have a mix. Look at even Bright, Brighton. Everyone talks about how good Brighton are bringing on the youth players. And we've mentioned before, they've got Adam Lallana and James Milner. You know what I mean? Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. You, you, you can't keep... Lewis Dunk. Expecting, you can't keep expecting a group of young lads with talent to get you promoted in this league without experience. It's not going to happen. Do you, feel like, Do you think they want to get promoted? The conspiracy theory out there, as I'd said, when he got appointed, we're now the new London Mafia. And unfortunately... Yeah. It's Ashley, Charnley, and Pardew. Jobs for the boys. Uh, and I really fucking hope I'm wrong, but that was the exact feeling I got when this knobhead got the job, and I'm struggling to change my opinion on it. Can, can, I, can I ask you as well something, Dave? We talked about, Ross said about what this team takes to get promotion. I think collectively, everyone on this podcast, and I think almost collectively as a, a fan base, can probably agree that you know promotion should be the aim. If we get it, I don't know, it's a tough league. Do you think they've targeted promotion this season, Dave? They've, they've said they are, but do you think they have? Because to me, they haven't backed it up with what looks like they want it to be promotion. Yeah, or are they just telling us what we want to hear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, we'll never know, will we? Um yeah, it just, I, I think, how many times have we gone on? And, and it's, it's doing this podcast is great because it's all there in the archives. You can throw it back at us a million times over. Not, if, you, not times, if I delete it. Not if I delete it. <laughs> well, there is that one. But if you, if you look back, the one thing we've talked about is the responses after defeats, the last 18 months of pulling together and doing everything. How much of that is is the club in general, or is it just because? And in hindsight, when this momentum started going, it was League One, and you look back on it: Patrick Roberts in League One, Jack Clark in League One. I mean, it's an absolute cheat code. If you're playing on FIFA, you're just you're taking the piss. So that momentum's come through because we have got some very very good footballers. Oh, it, it does. It, it brings up conspiracy theories wherever. But we are a very intelligent, football-savvy fan base. And I think when you... And I'm not suggesting for a second. I've just seen someone on Twitter before while while you guys were talking. Someone saying, oh, here we go again. Blame and speak when blame this, blame that. Now, 
I'm not suggesting for a fine for a fact that you should base your manager on what everyone on Twitter says. I, I appreciate that. But when you start hearing the murmurs and dividing a, a, a fan base, I, I mean, I couldn't even say 50-50, but when you're dividing the fan base, 75-25, we said the same with Parkinson. We said the same with Parkinson. What a drab disappointment. It's not going to work. And it didn't. And I think this is the same same type of vibe now. And yes, I agree with Brad before. Like, keep Dodds till the end of the season. Say, listen, we've we can't get the man that we want. Let's let's just consolidate for another year. If Dodds gets us there, fantastic into the playoffs. And take and be honest. I get the feeling that that's not going to happen, and that pains me a little bit because it's all been about momentum and and positivity. And I just feel as though if we're not quick to act, and I'm not suggesting he should be sacked, I didn't want him in the first place. So, you know, but I just get the feeling that exactly like you said before, this could just fade away into nothing. Someone's just asked on Twitter if um, I think Michael Beale will last. And my reply was, as a human, no. Um, <laughs> there's something we haven't discussed and we didn't discuss it last week. And it was a mixture of, I just didn't want to. And I know some people would have liked us to, which is quite nice, um, to be honest, in some ways. But I just couldn't. I just couldn't do last week for a magnitude of reasons. And the biggest reason was the club and what had happened leading up to that game. And I think there's nothing that we can say that Wiseman say didn't say on their podcast on Monday, haven't said better or as well as. or um, I just thought they nailed it to a T. And I know some people might want us to move on, but I do want to ask Ross you a question on this because we've discussed um, Beal a bit and the performance and the feel around the club. We didn't do enough to win a game today for a multitude of reasons. Um, we didn't do enough to, I don't think we deserved a draw from today's game, to be honest. Um, and I thought we were miles off it last week and I think we were miles off it against Rotherham. I thought we were borderline embarrassing at points against Coventry. In between that, there's been some okay performances. However, I couldn't do last week because I was just angry at the club as a whole. Um, really angry about it to the point where I didn't think it was a good idea for me to go on a podcast and you lads wanted to do one. And I said no, because I was too angry at the club as a whole. And I'll hold my hands up and say, I'll never, ever forgive the person who did that. And I think we know who we're speaking about. But um, how much of this that we're discussing about Beale, the club... Uh, the performances, the kind of melee that's sitting in, the 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 rot, the sort of meh feeling that is around the club at the moment. How much of that has been affected by mistakes off the field? And what I mean by that is the Black Cats bar fiasco. I think was the was the biggest, and um, rolling out the red carpet, all that sort of stuff. That was the biggest. That'll never be forgotten about by them lot of the road. We wouldn't let them forget it. And it won't be forgotten. And I won't forget it. Um, and I'm really, really angry about it to the point where like it actually makes me like want to put my head through walls. But there's been more mistakes than that. We had a preview show in the summer where we discussed the football team and then had to discuss about things off the field like tickets, club merchandise fucking basics of a football club that's in the championship and gets nearly 45,000 fans on a relatively regular basis. Um, how much are all these mistakes off the field for a number of months capped off with the absolute shit show and clusterfuck that the entire boardroom and people in charge of it, KLD included, managed to fuck up last week and make us look absolutely tin pot and embarrassing. How much is that affecting the club and the fans on the pitch, Ross? I think it's the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Um, it's been incrementally building. The feeling, I feel like the football has been a really good thing because it's managed to cover up all the shite off the field. Um, to my knowledge, we're still getting run in parts off a generator, which I've seen, which is bewildering. Generating um, things to make you feel better. 
well, they're not doing a good job because they're not generating no. good things. But yeah, it's a it's it it was unforgivable last week, and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen for this internal investigation because there's no way that should be left be left to stay that way. You don't need and an investigation. Also, he knew about it. Allegedly, so pod- there was a podcast that spoke about it three weeks in beforehand. There was someone on Twitter speaking about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't know about that. Fair enough, he hasn't gone on social media, but I struggle to believe it. Soon found his social media when he had to make an apology. I'm sorry, and he that, knew I, about it, I think. And also, if he doesn't know about it, if he didn't know about it, then who the fuck's running this club? Because he's not. That's that's another thing, you know what I mean? That's a, that's another thing. He's not running the club. If he, if he didn't know about it, he's not, run, he's not there to run the club, is he? And that's the... The, the aiming for me is, right, is... We, I can I can understand being sustainable, not sp- spending loads of daft money. But if you're not willing to pull your finger out their arse as a billionaire to sort the infrastructure out there, inside on the outside of the club, not on the pitch, the whole club, the stadium's minging, let's be honest. It's vital. I'm in the Premier Concourse. I'm, I get dripped on, right? And I'm moving seats. Getting a ticket is an absolute farce. You can't buy a Sunland top before Christmas for the kids. Nope. It's not good enough, man. And we're going to lose a generation of fans to shit like this. And it's, it needs sorting out. So not only do we need to get our house in order and get the stuff right on the pitch, we've got to get the fundamental basics off the pitch correct because it pushes fans away. It alienates, like, you know, the youth of the can get a top, daft stuff. You've got, we've got to be better at this. And it, it also then leads to the next question if they're not willing to put money in off the pitch if they're not then going to if they're going to try and do things on the cheap on the pitch what what's the end goal what's the end goal for this regime and that's why i think these next two weeks in the window are going to say a lot about where this regime wants us to go and also how the fans are going to respond with because if we don't spend a penny or we don't get someone in who's who's been there, done that, etc. At this level, then I feel like the the it's gonna the penny's gonna drop to say, look, they're happy just to make money off us here and not spend it. I wanted to ask this question. I'm going to come back to you, Dave, because I want to ask the same question I asked Ross. But because Ross is so broad up, I've wrote another question here. Um. We're told the direction of the club is the model of signing young, hungry players that we can improve and grow with. Sounds brilliant. Obsession with progression. Yep, don't we all? Um, Many of those players are making silly little mistakes on a weekly basis. We touched on why we think that might be. Then they've been hung out dry in front of, look, let's be honest, we're an expecting fan base because we have standards. Doesn't mean it's not difficult to play in front of us sometimes. I get that. I think we're the best fans in the world. But I understand 100% that when you're 20, 21, 19 even, 45,000 fans is a scary thing. And when you've got no um, experience to, to lend on, fair enough. But you've also got a manager who, look, take out this week, he had a dig at them after the game against Newcastle last week, saying, oh, some of them think they're good enough for the Premier League. I will bet tactics, potentially. <laughs> like, um, But we're told this is a model all of the time, Ross. We're told this is what it is. This is what we're going to do. It's not going to negate. We're not going to change. Um, but I feel like they've not actually shown us what the plan is this season. So, they're saying these things, but I feel like there's evidence to the contrary of that they actually have any sort of plan. What is the club's plan, in your opinion? How have they evidenced that plan this season? Just for me, or Dave, sorry. Hey, Ross, 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 yeah. right. to, to my To my point, like we were told that the evidence was to keep improving. I think the playoffs was always the aim, I think. And I feel like they basically said that without saying that. But the signings made in the summer haven't, to me, shown that ambition because there was no ready-made players to come in other than Job. And now we're still flogging him in the ground because he looks fucked. He shouldn't yeah. have played a day. No, he, he looks not good. He, he, he should have been the one to drop out, let's be honest. 100%. For, 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 uh, and then... Again, they're getting rid of the experience. It's fine if you're going to bring these young lads in and they're going to be ready to play. They're not ready to play by the looks of it. 
three managers now have said these lads aren't ready to play. The only then we brought in Sealed, the centre back, who to me, every time he's played, has never really put a foot wrong. No, that's fine. I don't see the but problem he, with it. But he doesn't get in ahead of 09 because they're obsessed with playing off on the back. And he's, his passing stats are the ones that go to the next level. Again, I'm not digging out 09 here. I think he's had some good games. But I also think if we're looking at not conceding goals from headers, having Seal in there, who's six foot four and wins a lot of headers, would be a good fucking short start there. You know I what think, I mean? I think Dan Ballard's made mistakes over the past week. I'm yeah, sorry. He has his, as well. Yeah. I'm his biggest defender, but he's left the lad to yeah. it again today. He's, he, he was all right last it's, week, but he made yeah. he gave away penalties. But again, that's been the whole week, the whole okay. season, sorry. How many goals have we conceded from set pieces? Like we did it last it's, year as well, to be fair. Yeah. Like, so I know we praised Dodds for when he came in, but what's the what the coaching staff doing? Why, why is nothing changing from little fundamental things? And do you know what? This sounds ridiculous. And this is going to sound, oh, you're probably down moment at the match. How many times do we lose the ball from our own throw-ins? Little like, things like that. It's like, it's, Come on, it's time. Like they're on about the progression and all that. It's it's little things. So I feel I feel like the the, the saying that they want to get promoted. Sorry, to go about the question or ran it on a bit there. They say they want to get promoted, but the signings on the pitch and the managerial choice that they made to take us to that next level has done the country. They, I think, they're quite happy just plodding along the championship and making money, yeah. if, unless 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 they prove me otherwise. In this in this window, and they actually start putting money in to the infrastructure of the club. And I know what we'll get back. It will go well. They'll put loads of money in the academy. And my answer to that would be because yeah, because the academy players are the ones that are going to make you money in the end. We're talking on the thirteenth of the first twenty twenty four. This could change for whatever. But from the evidence that we're seeing so far, I agree with you one hundred percent. We're going to do listener questions, but. It's going to be a slightly longer one this week, not an hour long. I honestly, I haven't got the gumption to do it at the minute. Sorry, everyone. Um, I'm sure some people will be delighted with that. But Dave, before we go into a really quick break and then do listeners' questions and then the good, the bad, and the hmm, I wanted to relay the same question to you that I asked Ross because I think it's important that I do so. Um, not about the uh, the plan, the model. As I said before, we've discussed team performance management and all that kind of stuff, but the Big black cloud over us at the moment is Black Cat's Bar Fiasco being humiliated by our rivals, rolling up the red carpet, merchandise sales horrendous, problems with ticket officers, hearing problems with security, problems with um, ticket office and not getting tickets, ticket office not answering, not enough staff, all of the things that we've discussed for about six, seven months now. That affects fans. How much is it? If- affecting the club as a whole and therefore in turn also like I say affecting the fans and then affecting the stuff that's happening on the pitch how much do you think the off-field stuff's actually affecting us at the moment it becomes easy to point out when things aren't quite going right it's it's very easy to skim over when when everything's great and and you will you will forgive someone not answering the phone for 77 times if you somehow manage to get your ticket sorted for a Saturday and see us win 4-0 and playing front foot attacking football, you will allow that when it's not going so well. It just becomes blatantly obvious. And then you start questioning, why is this happening? What is what is wrong? And, and this, there should be key staff in, in, in certain positions to point out to the people... Listen, I, I don't think for a second that KLD is there every day. I, I understand that things might get missed. Not that I believe that he missed uh, missed the Black Cats bar being absolutely trashed. That's the only way I can put that. No, I think but, he had. A, I think he had. A, I think he had a say in that. I'm yeah. saying I know that. I don't know. My personal opinion is he has. He, he can't yeah. have possibly not known about that. And if he yeah, doesn't, definitely. then that, that's worse. <laughs> it's actually worse if he doesn't know about it. That's bad. Like yeah, it is. Um, the I don't want to make comparisons to previous owners and stuff like that. I really don't want to do it. I don't want to get into it and and turn it so negative. But there is negatives there. There's negatives in every football club, and I understand that. But there is cracks starting to appear, and they're starting to they're starting to widen a little bit. 
and Ross has Ross has rightly said, I I don't think there's anybody anybody who can listen to this podcast tonight and and honestly tell me that they don't have a feeling of what's going to happen on Friday night. You you can't tell me that nobody has that feeling because and and that's what the club have done through through the negative appointment of Bale through the negative experience of trying to get tickets through the negative it just it whisked Grayson I, I love the analogy from Grayson and I hated Simon Grayson he's, he's <laughs> one of a long list but I've mentioned it on several podcasts about turning that juggernaut round and getting it sailing the right way and everything like that and the problem is for when you've got that momentum and everything's going great yes it is a bit of a juggernaut it is it is chugging along but once it starts turning again and going back down the river, we've been here before, man. It's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. And there's too many people for it to go unnoticed. We're, we're not just talking about somebody who has 3,000 fans at the game, 4,000 fans, where you don't really notice it. Um, Redden, Redden had some Bertie big balls today. Um Big fan of that, fair, by the way. Fair play, Redden. Yeah. I wish you all luck with that. Yeah, fair play to you. And I'm not saying we're anywhere near that, but no, don't take well. the fans for granted because if you do, you, there's a, there's only one winner. You are a custodian of the football club. Don't listen to the chef, Wed Chairman. You are just the custodian of the football club. And if a club as big as this decides that you've had enough one way or the other, they will find a way to turn it around. I think just before we go into the break, I know there'll be a lot of people listening going, hang on, we're seventh, we're just off the playoffs. Like, we've got to beat off the team who's second in the league. If all of that was the issue and it was just that, we could probably mark it down. And there's plenty of podcasts last year where you can listen to us getting beat even 5 1 off Stoke and it feels crap. But you just kind of went, ah, chalk it up. These boys are good boys. Hopefully they'll come back and do well. I've got a bit of faith in what's happening at the club. There's more to just getting beat two on a flip switch. That's why we've barely mentioned the game apart from one or two things. But we're going to do some listeners' questions. We'll be back for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, enjoy the break. Thanks very much. to part two uh hopefully you enjoyed part one if you didn't and you still came here well more for you uh welcome back <laughs> um i hope you hate this part as well uh listeners questions it's something we've, we've sort of brought in this year and to be honest with you it's been really good fun because it kind of you know we're just an extension of usual just fans really so a lot of us feel the same sort of thing but it, you know some of us don't and feel different things so We've really enjoyed the listeners' questions part of it is what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm just babbling on, so we'll just crack straight into it. And then we're going to do another new thing we've done, which is the good, the bad, and the hmm. And I can guarantee you the bad's probably going to spend about 15 minutes each. So uh, strap in. Uh, listener questions. Let's start with Ross. We've answered this one already. Uh, it's from Jack. It was honest opinions on the club from top to bottom. I think we've answered that, so I'm not ignoring that question, Jack. It's a good question. I just think we have touched on it already um so i will come to you with this one instead ross because we touched on it a little bit before uh is job being run into the ground because he's speakman's project whether it's because he's speakman's project is another thing but i also feel like we did this with callum doyle young mm. lads that don't need to play this many games um i think he's versatility Probably isn't helping them at the minute because they're like, oh, well, he can play this position one week, he can play that position the next week, and he can cover that bit there when someone else can't. And unfortunately, he, he looks like the sharpness from the first week, the first few weeks of the season, and now 
he looks leggy. And um, yeah, I feel like a centre midfielder and a striker comes in, he needs to be given time to be a youth prospect rather than the go-to guy for every five or six positions that we need covering. Um, and just, just let him develop at his own pace. He doesn't need running the ground. You know what I mean? It, it, running him in the ground helps absolutely nobody. Not us, not him. Nobody wins from it. Just just manage him. Got another one here uh, for you, Dave. Well, like a bit of comedy now and again. From Michael Snow. I feel like he's a TV presenter. Um, I could be wrong. I'm thinking is it Trevor Snow? I don't know. Anyway, um, do you have any TV recommendations? Because uh, he doesn't want to discuss Michael Beale at all. <laughs> <laughs> John Snow in it, by the way. Um, oh, aye, that's right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, there you go. Was it? Is it John Snow? Who does the Channel Four News? Yeah. Yeah, stick that on. <laughs> it's probably about war or politics or something like that. But I reckon it's more fun than talking about Michael Beale. I'm three years too late to it, but I'll be honest with you, Michael. Um, you might have watched it already, but if you haven't and you want to feel like, you know, people can achieve things in sport, uh, I've just finished watching The Last Dance, and I know everyone's seen it, but it's it's brilliant. Honestly, tears in my eyes. Michael Jordan, absolute legend. Dennis Rodman, the punk rock man of professional sport. Just give it a go. Honestly, you're going to like it. Uh, before moving to football again, Ross, do you have any TV recommendations, actually? Um. Currently watching the Traitors. If you haven't already, it's fucking fantastic TV. That's good. And it shows it shows how much people can be a bunch of bastards when they just want to make money. Um, not trying to <laughs> insinuate anything there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that at that. Oh man, um, nice segue back in. Uh, Mm, okay. Um, I quite like this one from Joe Blogs. Has the club come further than the model could reasonably ex- be expected to? Is there any chance of us moving forward from here with an owner who seems determined to act and spend like he owns a conference club, Dave? I thought we got rid of Donald and Meth. Oh, yeah. Jobs for the boys, jobs for the boys. But but we kept we kept one. (laughs) He was called one. I don't mean we kept one of them, I mean we kept one. Fuck you know, we'd have been better one sheet, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There 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 is a possibility that this is gonna happen. Um I'm not saying we're there yet, but there is a chance that the the model is a, a bit of a oh, do you remember quick save? It could be a bit of a yeah. quick save model when an presto. actual flat, yeah, presto netto, anything like that. Mm-hmm. It could be one of them types of models. And let's be honest, we might just need a bit of a weight rose model to to get there. A oh. cardo, a cardo, even so, yeah, it, it, maybe who's who knows. I'll give you this next one. I'm going to change it a bit. It's from Matt. Um, I like Matt. I've never met Matt. He's only recently started replying from memory, but he always says good stuff that I tend to agree with, so I think we should hang out, Matt. <laughs> I need friends. <laughs> Please contact me, Matt. Uh, Matt Bennett. Um, he asked how many players were short of being a playoff team. He thinks a centre-back, a central midfielder, a left-back, a right-winger, and a striker, and not just kids. We have to have experience. We've touched on it a little bit. I think you'd probably agree with me on this, Ross. Um, so I'm going to change a little bit before. I mentioned Baptiste and I mentioned um, the boy from uh, Luton, whose name's completely gone out of my head. Uh, it was a borough last year. Uh, you'll remind me in a minute, but give me two realistic transfer targets. You think that we should bring... Ryan Giles, two realistic transfer targets that we should that you think we should bring in. Definitely Keith Angler, you know, like it, it's it's staring us straight in the face that we need a big number nine to bring other players into the game who scored goals at this level, who's a, who's ready to leave. Like, I it, it to me, it's bewildering that he's not there. Another one, um, I don't know really. I look, I think there's plenty of players around the bottom half of the Premier League who just want game time. And Baptiste has been mentioned. I think there's a couple from Brentford actually 
who did well at this level when they were here. They've they've been okay with Brentford lately, and they're running out. Their contracts are run down six months, and I feel like a lot of them are going to be allowed to leave. Baptista's one I've seen mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm just one thing I'm hoping for is without sounding horrifically, everyone's like, "Oh, you hate all foreigners." Is I want some uh, British players or British based players in because I feel like them recruitments. But like Darren Gibson, <laughs> not like within David the modern, Moyes. Aye. Oh god, I've really made a run for him back. But like <laughs> the likes of Equa, Alessi, when they've been yeah. in British academies, you know what I mean? They've they've been really good or they've played in the British system. I feel like the players that we've brought in from overseas haven't really adapted. No, and and, uh, and, I, and I think you also look at the where you need time to adapt as well if you're coming from abroad, and that's not being horrible towards players coming from other yeah. sides. That's actually been quite reasonable. I think, you know, I haven't given up on Ashish. I'm, I'm, I'm Virgin on board and giving up on Bar, who, to be honest, I'll come on to him in a he's, bit. And the good, the bad, and him. he's going to be in the good, the bad, and him. You can guess where he's going to be, but there's certain players where I think have come over, and like a bulk of them haven't really worked, and that's probably because they still need time to settle. So I haven't given up on them completely. But it's no shock that players from, you know, Trey Hume, Dan Ballard, Equa, I know, has been a bit hot and cold this season. But those players have came in and hit the ground running a bit faster because they're not moving to a different country entirely. They haven't got that extra level of adaptation that they have to go with. Um, Dave, there's some good questions here, actually, near the bottom. Um, There's actually loads, but I'm going to go with this one because I think it's good, and I think you'll probably answer this the best. From Adam, how do the club get the supporters back on side? What would you like to see them do? And do you think they'll do it? I just want to point out, from my perspective, and I know some people might think this is ridiculous and that's completely fine. I just want to reiterate, if you disagree with anything on the show, that's completely fine. I actually would respect it. I'd prefer you you do do that because if you all just nod and agree with everything I say, then it's it, it's not normal. Um but we're all Sunderland fans. We all want the best for Sunderland. When we're calling anything out or giving our opinions, it's because we want Sunderland to be better. So before I ask you this question, Dave, of what they can do, which is a good question from Adam and, and how do they do it, I don't think I'll ever be able to forget what happened last week. Not on the pitch. I'm fine with that. Like They're much better side than us and they should be. They should be light years ahead of us. They've just almost beat fucking Man City. Um... But off the pitch, I, I don't know if there's anything that he could do to make me swing back round. It's like, it, look, maybe I'm being dramatic here, but this is like the stupid football club we're all obsessed with, Dave. Felt like a kick right in the stomach and the knackers at the same time. Um, but you might feel different, Dave. What can they do to sort of swing you back round? Put a bit of hair back on your head? I definitely I definitely won't forgive seeing a banner stuck or stuck over the top of me clubs slogan by by them lot that up the road. I just I, I won't forgive that. If they wanted to restore a little bit of faith, and that's all it would be. Sign Ahmad, sign Ahmad. I've changed my mind. That, <laughs> well, that's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be a start. I give. All right, then I'll give you. I'll give you two. Sack Bale tomorrow. Unrealistic, not gonna happen. Sack Bale tomorrow, get Will still in by Wednesday, get Ahmed signed by Thursday, and beat Hull on Friday. So there's three. That's if you four, do Dave. that, I'll, I'll, <laughs> was it for whatever? It's however many I fucking want because my club <laughs> put. There's a lot uh, needs to be done, it, isn't there? There's a lot. There's a lot, yeah. There, there's a lot. And that's before all the off the field stuff. So. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced that they're not skint. <laughs> I hate myself for seeing it. Uh, yeah, because they can it possibly be. Look, I think wow. I, I think I tweeted at the time. I was like um, at an event in Monaco. Ooh wee! Um, I was there for the Champions League draw. I think people knew. And Satori's next to me in the, in the toilet with his entourage, and I'm telling you right now, like. They, they, they've got cash they have to have that was like 
like that suit must have been worth about a million quid on its own. Like, and that's not <laughs> even the guy that owns the club. That's just his mate. There's money there. I just don't know. I, I don't know, mate. I don't know. But Graham, Graham, it's worth pointing out as well that I think we spent about five million in the summer on players that weren't, and on half the players that weren't ready. So it's not it, it's not level that low. Five million. It's not. I agree, especially when we've made ten million. Where's the other five on? Exactly. Like it's it's good business sense to sell Ross Stewart, right? We were all good. I, I love Ross Stewart. I, I guess you're the end of the contract. We got sick of talking about it where we spoke about it a lot. Fair enough, you know what? He's injured for the rest of the season. I'm gutted for him. And um, I'm really gutted for him. But if I'm looking at it and taking away all the emotion and everything from that, we sort of play out without a contract that's not going to play a minute of football for Southampton this season, pretty much again, and has barely played it already and got 10 million for him. And I'm not saying let's go and splash our £10 million immediately. But, like, we're probably in net profit in terms of transfer fees. That's it. And on about a sustainable model, even if we then spend five more million, mm-hmm. we'll break even. And that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. That's a sustainable football club. And, yeah, I'm just... I, I see, I, I'm kind of piggybacking on the question that Dave answered. But to me, we need to be showing true ambition in the next two weeks. We need to get a result at home to Hull. And we need to seriously address the off-field issues over... I understand it's not going to be a click of the finger, but they need to be shown to be proactive and doing something. You need to show that you get it. It sounds yeah, it... so simple, and it's not. Like, to get something and understand and immerse yourself in something that, like, is so massive and has so many different, like, parts of it um, throughout a giant fan base. But for me... Um, I'm sure everyone knows who Joanne Youngson is, obviously head of the um, the BLC. One of the loveliest women on the planet. Just loves Sunland. Being in a house, everything that's in her home is just Sunland. She just absolutely loves Sunland. And the biggest thing that she is, is a Sunland fan and she gets it. She gets Sunland as a football club, 100%, like many of us do. Um, and there's been times when I've had chats with her and I'll be at the opposite end. I'll be raging about something. And she'll be like, well, let's look at it from this angle. She was pissed off last week. And she said, I don't think he gets it. And that's the big problem. We're talking about spending money and all this kind of stuff as well. And that is part of it. But it's also not... What has happened over the past few months shows to me doesn't understand the football club and the people in charge of the football club and own it. The custodians, if you prefer, do not get it. And that's a really big problem. Because don't come into me football club and fill us with shite. I'd rather you come in and say you want to flip a bit of money. That's what really done my head in about Donald and Methven. But there's this point when I see I'm doing things and I'm like, you don't get it. You you don't get it. You don't understand this football club. And how can you be here for three years? Some of the best, most memorable times of this football club in recent memory. As pathetic as that is, that getting promoted out of League One is a, a big moment in our history now because we won at Wembley. It was still a brilliant day. The Patrick Roberts in the last minute against Sheffield Wed, it's felt like a magic carpet ride that's levitated a little bit and started pushing forward. And if you still don't get it at that point, when are you going to get it? And that's a huge, huge problem for me, Ross. Forget all the money side of it. I can accept mistakes in terms of like on the field stuff and making errors with recruitment, it happens. I just cannot forgive some of the stuff that to me just indicates he does not get it. And if he doesn't get it off the field, how the absolute hell is he going to get it on the field? Yeah. But again, it's, I think it's the, the uh, to me, the overriding factor to all of this is finance because the not getting it was linked to making money. I'd like to fight him, My, to be honest. Uh, do you know what? I reckon... He's quite tall, I think. All right, I reckon that we'll, we'll look back at this podcast in two weeks and we'll go, we were fucking vindicated. Or we'll look back and go, right, he listened. And it's that it's that, it's that, it's that simple. There's no like grey area. They either show the ambition now and they back, they back it up. Or we tread water. We and mean we, we mean for... listen to the fans, by the way, not the podcast. Yeah. We don't think but, yeah. those. Sorry, yes. <laughs> um I knew what I meant. 
I'm glad. Uh, to be fair, I'm glad you clarified that. Otherwise, I just like to clarify. The SMB be like, oh, that that egotistical twat. Um, (laughs) I wonder. Just, just out of interest, I don't know if they've updated updated the computer systems and that, but the the academy alike. But I wonder if Zlatan's still on that list because we could do with it. <laughs> I've got a good story for you about that, but I have to tell you off the record. Um, we're going around in circles a little bit. You can see I'm yeah. I'm annoyed, and you can see why I probably didn't do one last week because I probably got a little bit too emotional with that. I hope that's okay. There was a game today uh, where we got beat 2-1 off Ipswich. There was some good moments. There was plenty of bad moments. There was a fucking million hums. Um, I'm not going to ask you for them all in one. I'm going to ask you one by one. So, Dave, I just want, what was your good from today? I'm, I'm going to steal it off you, and I'm really sorry, boys, but probably the best thing about this football club for a long while, and it wasn't just the goal. It's just Jack Clark. Yeah. That is the good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my good. It's slightly different. Um, Abdullah Bar was really good today. He got another assist. I think that's his third of the season. His fourth goal contribution, which is, to be honest, four times the amount Patrick Roberts has. Would I prefer Patrick Roberts? Yes, but don't worry. Yes. But I'm really pleased for him. Like, I haven't completely given up on Abdullah Bar. And I think the summit somewhere. And I think fair play to him. He's he's had it rough. And he did okay when he came on last week in the two, three minute cameo that he had. He had a bit of a go. And he got an assist today and he, he had a go. And I thought he was our best player. And I'm pleased for him. Like, good on him. Fair play, mate. Um, you made myself and I think a couple of other people think twice today and keep doing it because there's something there, you know, we've been watching you for a year. We know there's something there, Abdullah. So just keep going, mate. Do the best that you possibly can. What was your good, Ross? Daniel. Fantastic uh, again. Hey. Um, Different way yeah, of He is. He just needs, he needs a defence. Him him and Equa, they're just dying for another midfielder and they to sit in front of the defence and protector and just let them two flourish and, Sure, what they're about, but Neil has been fantastic this season. Yeah, but player of the year for me. Um, him and Huggins have been the best two players for me this season. I think Daniel's absolutely fantastic. Um, I can't remember who posted it. And look, I like opinions, and I think everyone's entitled to one. But I did quite like. There's people in this world that um don't rate Daniel, and there's people in this world that know football. I thought that was quite a funny comment. I think Daniel's a different gravy. What a player! If he moves on in the summer, um, I think he is a more deserving. Of any other player in that squad, we keep talking about Clark. He's going to the Premier League for me. Daniel's Premier League player already. Um, I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I'm sorry, but I think he's brilliant. Uh, what was your bad today, Dave? It's half nine, so uh, keep it short and sweet as best you can. <laughs> um, oh, so, so I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go different just because I've I've started a narrative for the whole podcast, so I'm gonna stick with it. Michael Bale's post-match interview. That's my bad. I know what you guys are gonna point out, and I totally agree with it. Um, or I hope one of you has pointed out it, it was a terrible mistake and stupid and rash and whatever. But yeah, just Michael Bale's shit chat. That whether that's today, whether that's through the week, post-match, pre-match. While he's fucking, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, Michael Beale's chat. My bad is Michael Beale. <laughs> and I've wrote here, and it made me laugh. You know, I know you shouldn't laugh at your own jokes, but you shouldn't, you know, enjoy your own farts. And here we are. Um, how long can we persist with a manager who feels less welcome at this football club than a fart in a lift? Like, I'm sorry, like, that's just my thoughts. Um, no one seemed to want him that much. Some people were willing to give him a chance. He's done nothing so far to me to inspire anything. And at the minute, it's just sucking the life out of us. I know some people think different and think bloody hell, Graham, it's been six games. Like, give him a chance. I know. I, I might be wrong. Probably will be. I am a lot of the time, but I can only speak what I think. And for me, it's just sucking the life out of me. Don't like him. Don't like him as a boss. Don't think he suits the club. I think it's the wrong appointment. 
and it's frustrating me. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong loads of other times, and that'd be great if I am wrong because that's a benefit to Sunderland. But I get the feeling I might not be. Um, what's your bad, Ross? Adilo Shicha's um, cameo, if that's what you want to call it. Um, missing an absolute sitter, which would have put us 2 1 up, changed the game to then give away a free kick when the, the ball's going out for a throw in. There's no need to, to, to commit the foul. There's no, it's, it's brain dead. And Richard's reaction at the end, pointing that out to Beale, like everyone in that dressing room will be livid with him for doing that. Of course, the ball's still got to go in the in the box and whatnot, but giving them that opportunity after after being the one to not even hit the target on one of the biggest chances of the game, it's I. Yeah, like obviously you've got your opinions on Beale. He's not the man for me, and of course I'm not as heavy on. But these players making these errors, they're not fucking helping anyone other. No, I, and I know what you mean. There was some errors today that was silly. Um, not unforgivable, but yeah, but straighten and happening a bit too often, which agreed has to be spoke about, and there's probably a reason for that, which you touched on before, but well, whatever, I don't know. Um, Dave, your one is next. Uh, what's your hmm? My hmm would be. The smallest man on the pitch getting a free header and sticking their top bins. That would definitely be my hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, yeah, pretty much. Um, my hmm is probably more of a something I don't know 100% what it was about. I think we can see Pritchard's having that discussion with Michael Beale about, I think, I'm guessing, Alshisha's mistake. But if you watch Pritch when he gets on the bench, he doesn't look happy. And for me, a lot of the players don't look happy. And I think these are a really close-knit group of players. I don't think it's internal problems. But there's something that, to me, just seems a bit off. No matter what happened last year, we bounced back. Um, and that was because we seemed to have an identity. And we seem to want to fight for each other. I don't think that they're not fighting for each other. I do. But something's just off. And that's a big hmm in itself. Um, and I think Pritchard's face when he came off and sat down, I mean, I don't mean when he's gesturing to Michael Beale. I mean, when he sits down, if you watch your back on the replay, he looks absolutely livid. Um, just with the entire thing. And his face smacked of mine as I was watching it. So that's a big hmm, because you don't want to see players that are unhappy. Um, even if it's, well, I mean, yeah, you do want to see players get angry if we're not doing things right, but like the harmony just doesn't seem right. Ross, we'll finish with you, mate. What was your mm-hmm. The insistence on playing Job no matter what, even when a striker has scored, played well, and is then benched. It's just, yeah, it's getting a bit tiresome, and I'm bored of it. And it's it's not a Job thing. I love Job. Big Job Yeah, fan. I rate Job massively, but... Give him a chance. Yeah, it, 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 I've mentioned before, it's it's achieving nothing, running him in the ground, and also achieving nothing, putting Russian back on the bench when he's confident up after he scored in our last league game. I just, I just don't get it. We, we, we could have gone into that. That's, yeah, stupid. Um... But here we are, uh, come rain or shine. I really hope this changes in the coming weeks. Uh, we don't want to come on here and be negative and shout and get ranty and get upset and do sweary words because it's not what we're about. We've loved the fact that like about three years of this podcast has been super positive um, in many ways and we've been able to record at Wembley and winning at Wembley and winning semifinals. And we love that we've been able to do that. And it's the thing that we love doing most because at the end of the day, like there's nothing better than like coming on a podcast after you've won a game and just chatting with your mates about like winning the game. It makes it easy. This isn't easy to record at the minute, to be honest, because there's a bit of nervousness of whether we're being too negative, whether we're going to get attacked for people for saying what we say and stuff like that, because none of us really want that because none of us are really (laughs) in it for that. 
Uh, we're just in it because we're obsessed with Sunderland and it's stupid. Um, but I hope it gets better because we, we prefer it when it's better. Um, but I'm worried, everyone, I'll be honest. I'm concerned and I'm sure there'll be some of you who feel the same way. But um, ultimately, even if you don't and you feel as positive as anything, you love Michael Beale, you love the club, you love KLD, you want the best for Sunderland the same way that I do, just a different opinion. And um, ultimately, we're all, we're all Sunderland at the end of the day and I'll have your back as much as um, hopefully you'll all have ours. Apart from Ross, I'm not going to have his ever. Uh, I'll leave you with that. Thanks so much. Bye. Fuck off, Ross. <laughs> That's a lot of one, honestly. I hate doing this podcast, mate. God, I hate everyone.